Welcome everyone to Popcorn Peeps, episode four, the podcast in which we venture through the Hollywood Reporter's top 100 films of all time and give our thoughts along the way. This episode is dedicated to the 1980 film Airplane, directed by Jim Abrahams, David Zucker, and Jerry Zucker. The film stars Robert Hayes, Julie Haggerty, Leslie Nielsen, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'd like to welcome my co-host, Sarah Alexander. Hello. Chris McMullen. Good evening. And Craig Moore. Last but not least. So we all tuned in and we checked out Airplane recently. Let's get right into it. What did you guys think? This is our first comedy, so it'll be a little hard to compare and contrast with the rest of them. So this is kind of like a fresh start for us. It's hilarious. Yeah. But you're right. It is going to be really difficult. Like, how do you compare Reservoir Dogs to Airplane? This is just an 80-minute YouTube video (laughs) is honestly what it felt like. I was surprised it was ahead of Reservoir Dogs and probably Bonnie and Clyde, too, but it was funny. There was uh, some tequila going on when this list was made. Yeah, something. (laughs) (laughs) At least. I say that, but it was critically acclaimed when it came out. Just to preface, I did think it was funny. I thought a lot of the jokes still hit really well, and there was a lot of laughs. I have like a list of jokes I thought were funny, jokes I thought were shit. And the jokes I thought were funny, there's a lot more of those than the ones I thought were bad. But it was nominated for tons of awards at the time. It got critical financial success. It grossed 45 times its initial budget. It got the creators in the awards from the um, the Writers Guild, a nomination for a Golden Globe, and it won a BAFTA. Became the fourth highest grossing film of 1980, only behind Star Wars, Empire, as well as 9 to 5, and Stir Crazy. This was a big deal at the time. This was like not necessarily a high profile film in terms of anticipation, but upon its release, it did phenomenally well. I don't think there was anything like it before. Hard to open against Star Wars. Yeah. That's rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it did go on to spawn. Like, you can tell those scary movies probably took influence from this. Yeah. Well, this was like a parody of the traditional disaster movie, right? Yeah. The whole storyline and the romance was all essentially a framework to layer the comedy upon because the romance was trash, the story was trash, but you were there for the jokes, and that was fine because the jokes were good. It was just a whole tool for the jokes. Like, I don't think the plot was really relevant. They just wanted an excuse to get these things in there and... You weren't weeping at the end when they finally got back together, (laughs) right? (laughs) It just was aiming to hold the record for the amount of running jokes able to be crammed into one feature length. I think so, yeah. Definitely. I have a quick question. Have any of you guys seen the film that this is directly based off of, Zero Hour from 1957? No. 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 So this is essentially the funny version or the parody version of Zero Hour. The creators saw Zero Hour and it was like a plain disaster movie and they drew inspiration from it and thought it would be a good base for some comedy. So much so that they were scared they weren't even going to be allowed to do this film under parody law and whatever they were allowed to do with creative freedoms that they purchased the rights to the film that they were making fun of. Oh, really? Just so no one could sue them. Yeah, That's that's amazing. $2,500 prior to the film's release. So I guess that movie didn't do so well if they were able to secure it for so cheap. I have no clue. I can't speak on it, but I can't imagine so if it was uh, 2500. Yeah, it's also 25 years later. That might have been like... True. Yeah. Billion dollars. Sure, I'll take a couple more bucks out of that thing (laughs) I made 20 years ago. This will pay for my retirement home for the next year. No, I was laughing throughout the film. There were a lot of jokes. It's funny because some of them aged better than others. And so I didn't even think that the jokes that I thought were bad would have been particularly bad during the time or not funny. It's just that we've culturally moved forward and those things are no longer particularly relevant. But I thought there were a ton of great jokes. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to structure a conversation around comedy, but we all liked it, right? We're all unanimous that we thought it was a good time. Yeah, Yeah, it was fun and it was funny. 
Well, let me ask you guys what some of your favorite jokes were. My favorite joke was when Leslie Nielsen was saying they needed to land the plane so he could get everyone to the hospital. And the stewardess asked the hospital, what is it? And obviously she was talking about the disease, wanting to know what was making everybody so ill. And he said, it's a big building with all the patients. I don't have time for that right now. I just thought that was well delivered. Yeah. That was really good. They did that again with like, what is like uh, the traffic control tower or the airport? Yeah. And the cockpit. Yeah, there's one line where he's like, Shirley, you can't be kidding. And he's like, please don't call me Shirley. Yeah. yeah. The cockpit is my absolutely absolute favorite, right? Is it egotistic to think that I could have wrote this film after like a few, a few brewskis? No. I feel like this is my comedy. I love puns. Going into this, someone told me, if you love dad jokes, you'll love this film. Mm-hmm. I love the whole Kareem Abdul-Jabbar lineup with the, the little kid. And he's like, no, nah, that ain't me. You, you got another guy. And eventually he just grabs the kid. He's like, look, man, I work really hard on the court. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be like one of my favorite parts of the whole film. He holds character. And then when he gets up to like give the kid some shit, he has gym shorts on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like his... Uh... From his um, basketball uniform. That, that's what an NBA uniform looked like back then. I thought that all the jokes were really well thought out. Like they covered all their bases like that. Just to touch on everything. I think my favorite one was when the kid sits down and he's all suave and he's sitting next to the young girl and he's romancing her and he's being polite and courteous and he orders the steak and she just looks at him and tells him, I like my men like I like my coffee, black, (laughs) and the the deadpan (laughs) response. I just, it took me so off guard. I burst out laughing in Chris's Mm -hmm. living room. (laughs) Just because she's so innocent. She's so small and so cute. And then just the way she delivers the line. I don't know how this kid did a really good job i don't ever expect anything from child actors if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't seen the movie these are like seven-year-old kids yeah yeah they're yeah, yeah, super good. young it's adorable and it completely gets flipped on its head there's no way that she understood what she was saying that's probably why no. she could do it so deadpan probably well while we're on the topic how did you feel they handled the uh, other black passengers and they had the lady translate jive to them did, you, did that feel a little awkward in 2020 So I read into this, and I guess the two actors that did it, they were able to write their own jive. And so they pulled it from (laughs) 1940s jazz musicians and how they would have spoken. So that's where that comes from, which I thought was a neat bit of history. And that explains why June Cleaver would understand what they were saying. She's old. Because none of you got it. Can you translate for us? Leave it to Beaver. (laughs) No, I'm not that old. But I am old enough to know that that lady wasn't some random lady. Yeah, she was the mum from Leave Leave it to to Beaver. Beaver, yeah. I think this film was probably also popular because there were a lot of references to things going on like in the late 70s that like I have no clue what's going on. Mm-hmm. Someone who lived through that era and is acquainted with a lot of the pop culture would probably have a much greater appreciation for a little more than nuanced comedy that yeah. I wouldn't yeah. totally pick up on at all. And I would agree with you. Yeah, I had to Google that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I had no idea who he was. I was like, is this guy even a basketball player? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed he was. I had no idea. (laughs) Yeah, because right before I was like, is that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? And then his name shows up on screen. It was amazing. Speaking of Kareem, I've got a a couple little fun facts I've plucked from um, doing some research. And apparently in as late as 2014, Delta Airlines began a new onboard safety film with a lot of references to the 80s. And it ends with a cameo of Kareem uh, Jabbar reprising his role as Roger Murdoch as the co-pilot. Amazing. He's in another one too for Travel Wisconsin in the same year. So maybe 2014, (laughs) someone stumbled across Airplane and was like, this is great marketing. We got to get in on this. (laughs) Because they uh, saw this list. And then they oh, watched it the came movie. out in 2014! 
game. Wow. And they assumed, you know, eventually some clever people are going to do a podcast about this list and it's going to be super popular movie again. Wow. Uh, Yeah, there were definitely some movies that, or some of the jokes that didn't resonate as strongly as they probably would have longer ago, but there were still some that were, were really funny and really good. One of my favorites was with the everyone lining up to slap some sense into the woman and yeah, it pans out. there's like a guy with a pipe and a woman with a yeah. gun and a guy's got a baseball bat <laughs> i don't know why i thought it was so funny that the old woman with a gun was just hunched right over and had it just like, <laughs> like she was like a rat or like pointed straight up in the air it reminded me of well i think we'll probably eventually get to it on this list but in wizard of oz when they go to the uh the witch's castle and scarecrow's got a freaking gun <laughs> oh gosh this movie's darker what? than i thought it was i don't remember that what do i have on my list here uh smoking or non-smoking ticket i yes. love that i have that one too that, that was, was amazing funny. smoke bellowing everywhere off the ticket that's so funny it was smoking into when he was sitting at a seat yeah yeah <laughs> and that's funny because like that's not even a joke you can make now because like everything is non-smoking so mm-hmm. did you guys watch the after credits avengers scene I think so. Remind me of what it was. So at the at the end of the credits, and I didn't intend to watch the end of the credits. It was just happened to be running while I went and got a coffee. But there's the the guy was still sitting in the taxi. Oh <laughs> yeah, I'm giving him twenty more minutes. <laughs> so at the beginning that of the movie, might have been the best. The same yeah. guy that was sitting in the taxi waiting for one of the main characters was still waiting there at the end of the That's movie. Funny. He's like, a couple more minutes and I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Another great moment when the airline stewardess is asking anyone if they'd like some reading material. Um, <laughs> someone says, yeah, I'd like some light reading. And they go, oh, I'll give you this paper pamphlet instead. It's just a stack oh. of books and then a flimsy sheet she has. <laughs> That's nice segue into the part that might be a little uncomfortable, the anti-Semitism. Talk about that a little bit. What did you notice in particular that was anti-Semitic? Well, but that one there, she said, how about this? It's on great Jewish athletes. Yeah. And hands like this tiny... Oh, oh! It's a pamphlet because there are no good Jewish athletes. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't even them. pick yeah. up on that. But yeah, that's, that's... I mean, there's like five of five athletes yeah. or whatever. That's a third degree burn right there. I read into that too, and like all of the directors are Jewish, so they just wanted to roast everybody equally and fairly. Yes. So that's why they were well fairly. Kind of the way Family Guy does it, right? Where no one or and South Park, where no one's really safe from ridicule. Yeah, they didn't want to be viewed as attacking one group, so they wanted to, and it's all kind of light-hearted in a way, so they just skewered everybody, including their own religion. Why make three enemies when you can make ten enemies? Yeah. <laughs> including your exactly. brother. Exactly. <laughs> so, did you guys think Air Israel was okay? Because I thought that was funny as shit. That was the other one. <laughs> that was the other one. <laughs> the plane has the, the, the yeah. hat and the long beard. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I couldn't remember. I'm like, does it make me an asshole if I'm laughing at this profusely? And, and no one gave me a clear answer, <laughs> so I just kept going. So as far as uh, as far as this movie goes, yeah, it was great. It was hilarious. I loved it. Its position on the list confuses me a little. So far, the first few movies we've seen were really, you know, hallmark kind of landmark movies that a lot of other movies that came afterwards drew a lot from. They set the pace for a lot of movies. I feel like... and. It's hard for me to say, but it feels like Airplane did a lot of standard hilarious comedy routines and patterns that had probably been preset 
by other films like uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and yeah. things like that. I think it's probably a little more significant than I at first realized because when you look at the trend of movies throughout the mid-2000s, things like Scary Movie and all the spoof movies almost feel like they're directly inspired by the structure that Airplane set out. I don't know if that was adopted based on a later film. It almost feels like those were inspired by Airplane. That's a good point. Yeah, I had to Google when Young Frankenstein came out because that's what I thought was also a parody but done better than Airplane. But Young Frankenstein was like 74, I think. So I was just, yeah, I was confused why Airplane was on the list, I guess, when you have other parody movies that I think were done really, really well. Well, Young Frankenstein is on the list. It's just probably like 10 or so, 10 or 20 spots up. Yeah, so that's why I'm kind of curious why, because I think comedy may have gotten there eventually anyway, because you already had parody as a genre. I don't know why Airplane was such, like, it was funny, but I just don't know why it was such. It wasn't landmark funny. Yeah. I want to take a minute to talk about some of the jokes that I thought were pretty awful. Mm. Jen specifically didn't like this one, where the airline stewardess is freaking out as soon as they learn they're about to crash because she's 26 and unmarried. Yeah. (laughs) And Jen just lets out a groan and goes, come on. That didn't age well. No. (laughs) (laughs) She thought that was pretty groan worthy. Also, the pilot is a pedophile. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of gross. If I'm 14, pedophile jokes, top tier. At 26, pretty (laughs) bottom of the barrel. (laughs) Which is awkward because that one kid was being kind of split between the pedophile pilot and the basketball player. And I'm like, I really like these jokes. And then the kid flips his head and talks to the other guy. I'm like, I hate these jokes. Flips his head, talks to the other guy. These jokes are great. So it's kind of like the switch is getting flicked on and off repeatedly. I, I didn't read pedophile into that. I just read. He was like, oh, little boy, you can come stay with me. Oh, yeah, he's like, have you, you ever seen a thing. naked man before? <laughs> yeah. I, I, and then, then uh, one I yeah. did read was he said, have you ever seen a cockpit before? And that one was actually edited because it was supposed to lose oh. part of the word cockpit. But they decided oh, that was too okay. risque. So they're like, OK, we'll put it on there. I'm just so innocent. <laughs> and then when the, the stewardess was like, all right, Jimmy, time to go back to your seat or whatever. And the, the pilot puts his arm around. He's like, no, no, he can stay up here with us. Okay, yeah. so I guess I'm just too in- too innocent because I'm like, <laughs> this older man's on a voyage of self-discovery. That's <laughs> okay. It probably made the film better for you. <laughs> yeah. What was my last one here? That disco scene, that was um, a reference that Chris can fill us in on because I already forget what it's a reference to, but that was like 45 minutes too long. Yeah, the, the, long the Saturday Night Fever yeah. parody, I guess. It was funny for three of the 45 minutes it was on screen. Yeah, it went Yeah, like way it didn't need long. to be a whole dance. Yeah. He got thrown off the stage and then he crawled back on and continued to dance for another 15 minutes. I was like, wow. Do you think this film had a message that it was trying to portray to you or do you think it was just nonsense throughout? Don't eat the fish. A great commentary on airline food. I will appreciate that. (laughs) I never went there. That's awesome. I I didn't make the connection, but you were right. The only airline food that's worth taking is on Porter, and it's because it comes with free red wine, and you can get smashed no matter where you're going. I did one on Caribbean Airlines, and you got a curry chicken dinner, and then they served champagne when you landed, and then started playing soca music. It was like a party. (laughs) It was the best. I'm not traveling on the right airline. No. (laughs) No. Air Canada is the worst. Not only will they break all of your baggage and give you a terrible time, you have to pay like $80 to get smashed on the flight. (laughs) Well, at least your luggage gets smashed for... Free. Free? <laughs> Free? Yeah. I think you pay for the pleasure. Probably. Yeah, 50 bucks. Yeah. What else do I have on my list of good jokes? This is probably not a good joke. I'm just a five-year-old. The fact that the pornography section in the, <laughs> the kiosk is called whacking material. Yeah. 
And the magazine was Modern Sperm. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Okay, so I thought the film was actually a little bit too long because I love the slapstick nature. I didn't know a lot going into this, so I was completely taken off guard as soon as the joke started hitting. And for the first half of the film, I thought everything was extremely funny because everything came out of left field. But by the time I got about maybe like 60 or 50 minutes into the film, I felt like the style of comedy was almost starting to wear itself out. Since you're expecting everything to be as off the wall and crazy as possible, it doesn't punch as hard. And so I thought the film was maybe like it's only 80 minutes long but it almost felt like it was 20 minutes too long did you guys kind of get that vibe yeah so the running yeah. jokes were funny until there was too many of them and they went on too long yeah like it was just under an hour 28 and it seemed almost well it didn't seem as long as uh <laughs> seven samurai let's not get crazy <laughs> let's not kid ourselves here but it did feel like it was about two hours long. Like it could have been shorter. I would agree. I think it's because there was a lot of time where they were in trouble in the air, but nothing really happened. They were just layering jokes on top. So it felt like for a good like 40 minutes, they were at crisis status. And I think you can only really maintain suspense for so long before the audience loses interest. So if you're at your pinnacle, you're like max climax for too long, you start to lose audience engagement. And that's kind of what happened with me. Or if that happens too early as well. Or right. too early, which might have been the case here. What are we talking about now? We're talking about how the no, film. No, no, he, he, knows, he, he knows. Jordan, Jordan, about. he knows. <laughs> Bad boy. <laughs> One that we haven't talked about was um, his drinking problem. Yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. That and was they just, what I, just, that's what I could connect with. They mention it once, and then every time he t- takes a drink, he like misses his face. That's yeah. his drinking problem. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize. Uh, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, see. <laughs> Am I too dumb for a dumb comedy? <laughs> I don't want to say that, mainly because... If you have to ask. Mainly because it's true, says Chris. (laughs) No. I thought this was a pretty minor element of the film, but music. The film score was composed by Elmer Bernstein, who had previously done films like Magnificent Seven, To Kill a Mockingbird, and The Great Escape. So, like, world-renowned films. But the creator specifically asked him to do a shitty B-movie score that was corny (laughs) and dumb to fit with their vibe. (laughs) Did you guys feel like that really um, hit the mark there? Have you ever uh, called up Mozart and said, hey, buddy, can you phone it in for me? (laughs) Yeah. Like they just didn't get good bang for their buck in that case because they probably had to pay the max rate. Yeah, I, I didn't really notice the sound. No, I didn't either. No. Uh, with the exception of the BGs, I thought the sound was okay. It was as mediocre as the acting was. I might get flamed for this, but I thought it was pretty subpar. I thought a lot of the comedy didn't really require robust acting chops. There wasn't a lot of subtle nuance. It was kind of nail on the head, so it didn't really matter how well you kind of portrayed it. Everything was almost said in a deadpan way anyway, so the jokes hit regardless. And I think a lot of the actors at that time, like Leslie Nielsen, this was actually his first comedy he ever did. He was known as a more serious actor, and I think the same for Peter Graves. So seeing them now and these comedic roles was funny for the audience too but that would have been lost on us yeah i could be wrong but i read somewhere that the creators thought that a lot of the popular actors who weren't doing comedy were just funnier than the comedians of the time so they just wrote them off essentially when they were casting and went for a lot of these big names thinking that they had the chops to do comedy anyway because the comedians sucked and these guys did such a great job with their standard stuff that why wouldn't they nail comedy right especially if they're delivering a deadpan 
Yeah, and that Peter Graves, I guess he was confused at reading the script why they would want him. And he's like, there's actually comedians out there. They say that's the funny point is having you, a serious actor, deliver these lines and like be this pedophile pilot. I heard Leslie Nielsen was actually like the third or fourth choice and they were trying to get Christopher Lee as either their first or second oh, really? choice to take wow. that up. And that would have been really weird to see Dracula. Sauron. <laughs> Can I talk about one character I did think was really great? The guy in the air traffic control tower who was just ultra flamboyant hopping around he reminded me of you <laughs> he thought of me oh no yeah it's like jordan would be this obnoxious <laughs> yeah he delivered two of my favorite jokes of the whole film um they're all staring at the domed screens and they're typing away on their keyboards and one guy opens a dome up and loads his laundry in yeah <laughs> that was great and when they're landing the plane in the most tense moment it cuts to him and he unplugs it and goes yeah. oh just kidding <laughs> yeah. back in. i love he was just like that random chaos that was great yeah he was really good that's me at work just trying to make things a little bit more fun for everyone else yes yes <laughs> let's see do i have any more fun facts on my list did you guys know the creators of the film wanted it to be shot in black and white but were denied by paramount mm. interesting Really? Yeah, they wanted to more closely mimic the source material, zero hour. So they wanted it shot in black and white, but Paramount, I guess it wasn't common to have a black and white film in the 80s. They're like, no, this is going to make our film way too niche and sabotage us at the box office. Interesting. Oh, they fucked up. It could have been like Schindler's List. I feel like it could not have been. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely could not have been Schindler's List. Schindler's List is a masterpiece. An airplane is YouTube on crack. Uh, You don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's the difference. It's not the difference. Trust me. If you laugh as much during Schindler's List as you did during Airplane, (laughs) you're a bad person. (laughs) Wait a second. Schindler's List isn't a comedy? It wasn't intended to be. Okay, I've never seen it, just to be clear. Okay. (laughs) Have you actually never seen Schindler's List? I have not. I'm really bad at not watching the big movies. You roast me for being a Zoomer and not watching anything, but you haven't seen one of the most historically significant films like of the modern era. Shame on you, Chris. That's probably the point of us going through this list though, right? Yeah. Schindler's List is not it though, so maybe there'll need to be a bonus episode. I've seen like half of, is it not? Oh, then I'll watch it. I was deliberately not watching it. because It's not on this list? I thought it was on the list. I've got one other joke I kind of want to bring up. Oh, the guy sitting next to our main character as he complains about his love life and the Japanese fellow next to him literally commits seppuku to oh. avoid listening to his conversation. And yeah. he's like the second one. Yeah, he's no, the second he's the first one. one. No, no, and then no, the next no. guy who sits down tries to light himself on fire. No, a lady, a lady hangs herself. I missed that entirely. Oh, yeah. It just pans to her feet. It, I think it was the same lady that asked for something light to read. It was. You're right. She murdered oh, herself. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought that string was really funny, and that was good. It was good. It was extra funny when you realized it was three people, not two. Yeah. <laughs> Jen just slid me a piece of paper that says, guy in cab after credits. We already talked about it, but mm. Jen, is that the best joke? says it's a really good one so (laughs) the avengers basically stole their most famous part of their films from airplane so maybe i was wrong maybe this is significant for cinema yeah i'd like to know what the first after credit scene of all time was it was airplane don't look it up don't look it up up. (laughs) (laughs) if you're listening to this podcast don't look it up just if anybody ever asks you that question never fact check that's that's why it's on the list you don't have to google it it's historically significant because without this you don't have thanos grabbing the infinity gauntlet Exactly. Oh, I Googled it. Oh, I don't. don't. Night of the Living Dead, 1968. I'm okay with that. 
Did you know that Popcorn Pete's was inspired by Night of the Living Dead in 1968 to start putting its own after credit sequences and absurd <laughs> yeah. and really dumb things that I can't weave into the main show? <laughs> Here's one more thing on my list of things to talk about uh, on my document titled, What the Hell Do You Talk About with a Comedy? Yeah. Yeah. Airplane 2, the sequel. Oh, Have you guys God. ever seen it? No. no. No, but I'll probably watch it soon. So it was released in 1982 and attempted to tackle a more science fiction genre with still an emphasis being on disaster films. Uh, and it reunited actually a fair bit of the cast, but all of the creators didn't want anything to do with it. They had moved on entirely. And later on, they were asked if they had ever even seen the movie to make a comment on it. And they said, no, we, we don't have a desire to ever watch this film. Wow. That's amazing. And that's actually what deterred me from checking out Airplane 2. Because I thought Airplane 1 was fine. It was fun. It was a good good romp. And yep. I looked into it. But I think a lot of what made it good was likely had to be attributed to the writing staff. And if they're not part of it, and it's not on this list, then it's probably lackluster in comparison. Oof, Rotten Tomatoes has a 42%. Are there any sequels on this list? Well, we talked about Lord of the Rings. Good. Yes. And Godfather. Okay, yep, Godfather is a sequel. Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, I count as like anthologies or... It's different because it's one continuous story and not necessarily yes. like a reimagining yeah. of that universe in a sense. Like it was planned from the beginning to be one big film almost. Yeah. Thank you, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Does anyone else have anything on their list that they want to go through before we go to the hierarchy? Uh, I just had a fun fact that I read. So I guess it was uncommon for three producers to be given credit. So one of the producers legally changed his name to Abrams and Zucker so that all three of them could be credited, in it, but only two people referenced. That's hilarious. Oh, wow. that's really interesting. Yeah. We left out one, like one of the most important things, auto. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. The autopilot. God. How could you leave that out? <laughs> I thought it was cringy, to be honest. What? So he's an inflatable um, autopilot. autopilot. He's an autopilot, yeah. That's funny in itself. But like, he's like, no, you're going to have to suck my dick if I'm going to land this plane for you. And at that point, I was like, mm, I don't think I'm <laughs> And for this. that reason, I'm out. <laughs> but I did think it was funny when <laughs> wow. after it happened, he had himself a cigarette. They, they both did. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. so I didn't realize he had one until after she had smoked hers. And then she looks over at him and he's got one on his face too. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Oh, way to make it all weird and non-consensual power exchange-y. That makes me really uncomfortable now. I take it back. It wasn't funny. <laughs> I thought it was strange because they did the whole play on someone walking in on a sexual activity, except one of them was an inflatable blow-up airline pilot. And I just didn't think it was funny. I didn't think it hit hard. I know what it was going for and I know what it was parodying, but I didn't think the thing it was parodying was even funny in the first place. So it just felt pretty flat. Now I feel really bad. Thanks. I mean, that's fine. You can like different things. Well, now I can't. I laughed when his head kind of turns. Like that made me laugh out loud. I was fine. <laughs> I was fine with it. All right. Well then, folks, let's get into the global popcorn peeps hierarchy of all films. We all have different rankings so far. Well, actually, you three are the same. I'm different. So let's start with Sarah. Where are you going to put Airplane on the global hierarchy? So I'm putting it below Seven Samurai. So you think it's the worst? That we've watched so far, I would put it there, yeah. Interesting. Do you think it could have done anything in particular to make itself better? Or do you think comedy is just intrinsically less capable of greatness than an epic? 
I don't think so because like I love Young Frankenstein and that's hilarious and that's on our list I'm looking forward to watching it again but just Airplane didn't do anything for me and I was just confused as to why it's so groundbreaking. Do you think if the underlying structure that the comedy was built on was better it could have really elevated itself or did that really have no bearing on your lack of enjoyment? I don't know that it had a bearing on my enjoyment of it or not because they were funny jokes I did laugh but it, I've seen better. I agree the jokes are really good but if the core of the film is nothing you're invested in then when it ends doesn't sink its teeth or its claws into your mind at all and it becomes quite forgettable yeah Yeah, and at no point did i ever actually give a shit that this airplane might crash no i didn't either it was intended by design but i don't think it was necessarily great design that's a good way to put it so how about you craig where would you throw it on your global hierarchy i thought it was really funny i like comedies uh place it between reservoir dogs and bonnie and clyde wow i'm surprised yeah that's just wrong okay (laughs) That's fair. I get that. I did think the jokes were really funny, but I would put Seven Samurai at the bottom, then I would put Airplane, and then I would move into Reservoir Dogs and then Bonnie and Clyde. I thought it was fast-paced enough to be really enjoyable, and I really liked the jokes. I thought Seven Samurai was just far too long, and despite the fact that it's historically significant, it was just too much of a slog to really recommend for a modern filmgoer, someone who wasn't necessarily like an enthusiast looking to learn about cinema history. How about you, Chris? Where would you put it? So my global order now, Reservoir Dogs. Bonnie and Clyde, airplane, and we've been saying it wrong. It's airplane, (laughs) airplane exclamation mark. And then so far in the distance, (laughs) seven samurai. Well, if that's all, this has been Popcorn Peeps episode four. My name is Jordan Costa. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you next week with Pan's Labyrinth. And Chris, where can our audience members check out Pan's Labyrinth? Okay, so stream it on Prime Video. You can rent it on Cineplex, Apple TV, Google Play, Microsoft, and YouTube. And you can buy it on Apple, Google, YouTube, and Cineplex. Very cool. Well, we hope you check it out. And until next time, we will see you later. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Seriously, Cineplex is still a company? I thought COVID saw to that. I know how to do all these things. Oh, yeah, it's so fun. You know what's fun? No. Shopping with Chris when he's all fucked up on muscle relaxants. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to get six baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs>